As I mentioned in the My Minimalism Memoir blog and podcast 41, having first played in 2019 in preparation to move to Cologne, I played again the 30-day minimalism game, or men's game, again this March in order to curb encroaching clutter so that I have more space for what is most important. Now this round of the men's game is done, and I won! I still have so much paperwork that I still want to cull, namely financial documents, old student work samples, client notes, and coaching notes, teaching notes, and then finally the sentimental stuff too. But I keep t kept taming my paper tiger all 30 days of March, totaling 465 pieces of paper and also held in there for 14 days clearing bathroom and wardrobe clutter too for a total of 105 additional items. Hi, this is Blythe Stevens of Aid Life Coach, dance education and coaching to move through life with balance, grace, and power. This podcast includes weekly bite-sized insights on dance, yoga, well-being, creativity, and joy. Today in episode 46 I am talking about the men's game as well as artfully archiving creative ideas. I admit that it's still very tedious and difficult for me to sort through and dispose of items. I do want to be able to keep and use what is of value to refer back to my work and my favorite resources over time and have a reliable and efficient system for doing so. I am both an aspiring minimalist and honestly a bit of a paper pack rat. I keep playing the men's game and making an effort to simplify because I do love feeling unburdened by meaningless or unnecessary clutter that obscures the things I really want to have access to. It's freeing to let go of what no longer serves me and has gotten caught up in the mix. But that's not to say that it's easy. <laughs> The game was fun though, and I finished the game with a bunch of research articles and notes from graduate school that I still find interesting. Things about theory, ideas about change processes, pedagogy, and so forth. I decided although the content is relevant to me, I do not need to keep hard copies of these sorts of documents, as they should be accessible in other forms. To make it easier than ever to use the information though, I made sure to scan them and then put in keywords attached that will be helpful when I want to revisit the topics later. That's been a really good result from the men's game last time and this. Better organization and easier retrieval of relevant information as well as letting go of things I won't need or want to access again. I sorted out a lot of good stuff that will be easier to find as it is now organized into binders for those things which I do need a hard copy of, and into the Evernote app to back up hard copies of critical documents and as a replacement to hard copies of things for which I don't need an original, and therefore it is now searchable. My work always requires research, and having the results at my fingertips for inspiration and citation is a system that's ever-evolving. Choreographer Twyla Tharp favors an analog system for storing creative ideas, and shares her system in the book, The Creative Habit. Quote, everyone has his or her own organizational system. 
Mine is a box, the kind you can buy at Office Depot for transferring files. I start every dance with a box. I write the project name on the box, and as the piece progresses, I fill it up with every item that went into the making of the dance. This means notebooks, news clippings, CDs, videotapes of me working alone in my studio, videos of the dancers rehearsing, books and photographs and pieces of art that may have inspired me. The box documents the active research on every project. Tharp's boxes serve pragmatic as well as psychological purposes in support of her creative process. Quote, the box makes me feel organized, that I have my act together, even when I don't know where I'm going yet. It also represents a commitment. The simple act of writing a project name on the box means I've started work. The box makes me feel connected to a project. It is my soil. I feel this even when I've backburnered a project. I may have put the box away on a shelf, but I know it's there. The bold black lettering is a constant reminder that I had an idea once and may come back to it very soon. I absolutely resonate with Tharp's fears of forgetting ideas and memories. As she explains the most important feature of the box system, Quote, the box means that I never have to worry about forgetting. One of the biggest fears for a creative person is that some brilliant idea will get lost because you didn't write it down and put it in a safe place. I don't have to worry about that because I know where to find it. It's all in the box. The boxes don't have to be literal boxes, though. They can take whatever shape best suits you. As Tharp explains, quote, the more technological among us put it all on a computer. There's no single correct system. Anything can work so long as it lets you store and retrieve your ideas and never lose them. My, the origins of my organizational and filing system started with my family, of course. My mom's address book was kept scrupulously up to date, and my dad kept a pocket notebook to capture thoughts lists, projects lists, measurements, a whole captain's log of my childhood. I consulted guides for students to help me succeed in college, and after graduating, balanced my working and personal lives with a planner. After reading the book Living a Beautiful Life as a young professional just out of college, I started using a proper paper filofax. But I always endeavored to keep some sort of calendar and journal with mixed consistency and results. Some of my favorite fictional characters kept diaries or notebooks, and I was also inspired by Anne Frank and other famous diarists to record my reflections. The loss of a particular notebook is to this day one of the things I am saddest about losing over the years and my many moves. It was my notebook of corrections and choreography notes from NCSA. Inspired by the notebooks the modern dancers were required to keep for their composition class. Ballet students didn't have to keep such notes, but I've always tried to record and somehow archive my work and learnings, so I got myself a small blue spiral brown notebook, glued a postcard from the Kona Village Hotel in my hometown to customize the cover, and kept notes and corrections from my classes and conferences with Fanchon Cordell, Gina Vidal, Mr. Pondy, Frank Smith, Duncan Noble, etc. in there as well as scribbles about the choreography we were learning and creating, from classical ballets to contemporary collaborations with fellow students. 
I'm not sure where I misplaced that notebook, but it still breaks my heart. I have also lost plenty of data over the years due to failed computers, drives, and every possible technical malfunction. Although I do what I can to hold on to important information and records, ultimately it's best that I not be too attached and realize that much of it is available through other sources in the modern age. If it's really a good idea, it'll come back to me, and it's a good yogic exercise to let it go. But this is not a natural impulse for me. And I confess, even at home in Kona, I have tons of books, photos, schoolwork, and artwork yet to go through. There's a whole treasure trove that is yet to become properly organized as a functional archive for me, though I'm slowly sorting and consolidating it over the years. I still want to apply the same process of scanning and archiving to my work there, so I'll be better able to reference it and back it up in the future. My academic and creative research will always be a part of my work, so it's important that I maintain a working archive system. Through trial and error and good advice, I have been refining my system over the years. As Tharp points out, a writer or creator can work more efficiently with the right system. Quote, a writer with a good storage and retrieval system can write faster. He isn't spending a lot of time looking things up, scouring his papers, and patrolling other rooms at home wondering where he left that perfect quote. It's in the box. Everyone can benefit from refining their archiving skills, but especially creatives. Tharp explains the system that Beethoven used in developing his works. Quote, a perfect archive also gives you more material to call on to use as a spark for invention. Beethoven, despite his unruly reputation and wild romantic image, was well organized. He saved everything in a series of notebooks that were organized according to the level of development of the idea. He had notebooks with rough ideas, notebooks for improvements on those ideas, and notebooks for finished ideas, almost as if he was pre-aware of an idea's early, middle, and late stages. For anyone who reads notebooks, the sketchbooks literally record the process of his invention. He would scribble his rough, unformed ideas in his pocket notebook and then leave them there, unused, in a state of, a state of suspension, but at least captured with a pencil on paper. A few months later, a bigger, more permanent notebook. You can find him picking up the idea again, but he's not just copying the musical idea into another book. You can see him developing it, tormenting it, improving it in the new notebook. The notebooks are remarkable for many reasons. Beethoven was a volatile and restless personality, always demanding a change of scene. In the 32 years he lived in and around Vienna, he never bought a home and moved more than 40 times. I suspect that's why he needed the elaborate system of notebooks. With all the turmoil of his personal life, the notebooks anchored the one part of his life that mattered composing. I may not be a Beethoven caliber genius, but I too work with a similar notebook system to anchor me in the midst of whatever chaos may come in life. No matter how much I digitize, I find for me, some of the creative work has to exist, at least at some stages in its development, in analog. So I have a daily diary, 
small notebook, a bigger bullet journal of weekly, monthly, and longer term planning notes and brainstorming, and yet another notebook of various ongoing professional projects and notes. At some point, the most important of these projects are archived as Evernote notes with accompanying photos, music, articles, and other relevant links attached. Each person must consider what type of system serves their creative process best. And I found Sage Cohen's ideas in the book Writing the Life Poetic about storing and accessing ideas very helpful to my poetry practice, as well as all other areas of creativity, particularly those in the chapter called Save Acorns, Keeping Track of Your Great Ideas. Cohen describes this system of archiving and retrieval Quote, what happens when you sit down to write and no bolt of lightning strikes you? When it comes to inspiration, I say there's no offense like a great defense. Squirrels use their feast to prepare for the famine, and so can you. When your mind is alert to the acorns of inspiration, and you have a good system for saving those acorns, you can build up a surplus. This secret stash of great ideas can keep the pilot light of inspiration going and get you through the harshest winters of creative dormancy. Cohen shares a variety of strategies for catching acorns as soon as they arrive, including post-it notes, index cards, notebooks, and recording devices. Quote, once you've scribbled down the fragment of overheard dialogue or captured the moment of grace before it melted away like a snowflake, what do you do with it next? First, the acorns are caught, and then, like Tharp's boxes and Beethoven's notebooks, they need to be organized, with Cohen offering multiple possible solutions, including tubs, baskets and bins, bulletin boards and whiteboards, paper file folders, and computer files. Quote, once you start experimenting with acorns, you'll find a system of recording or retrieving your ideas that works for you. You may be surprised at how much inspiration your mind serves up once it knows that you're paying attention. I find it's true that when we create space in our lives, as well as a readiness to receive and process ideas as they occur, it opens up a rich path of possibility. For now, I'm super satisfied to have a big stack of paper that is officially cleared and to support you in playing the men's game and whatever simple and creative living projects you're up to. Next, I'll be turning my focus to a new game. At April is letter writing month for me, and I'm continuing to write poetry as well as create choreography, so I'm excited to use the fresh space I've made for more creativity. What ideas will you capture and act on this week? Stay tuned on my YouTube channel and blog for more about living a luscious life.